Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. It's time for the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show, Viking Hot Takes. We've got six questions, 20 minutes, and the fans with the answers in the comments for Packers Week. Eric, let's Mm -hmm. do it, man. Absolutely, let's roll. What's your take? Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Week 17 of the 2022 NFL season, the 12 and 3 Minnesota Vikings on the road against the 7 and 8 Green Bay Packers. A purple win would basically eliminate Green Bay from the playoffs. Eric how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I made lemons out of lemonade last week, and uh, we delayed our travel plans a couple days, and I got the cool uh, skull. If you see the, 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 new, the new addition to the background, I got the, the winter like whiteout scarf in the back. Uh, yet another heart attack. It's like, you know, what's, bring it on. What's another one? Like, I, I feel like I, I've brought my... I, my kids to two games this year and they just kind of think this is what happens all the time. Oh, look, he made a 61 yarder. That's fun. Yeah. The Vikings won again. So, uh, yeah, the, the Thompsons are five and zero oh in attendance. So like I might have to find a play, way to get Let's this playoff. Game. Go. But, but, but first things Mike. first. Oh, it's, we, we have a beautiful chance to head out to Cheeseland and, uh, end their season. So that's, that's, that's what they have to focus on keeping that second seed and, uh, seeing where they go from there. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, that is really what's in front of us. We're playing in that late afternoon slot. So let's get the time on the clock and start talking some Vikings football. I'm going to skip ahead with some off-season chatter because I'm going to start things off. I'm a trendsetter. Eric, (laughs) is Kirk Cousins worth his contract? Well, I think if you would have asked me before the season, I would have had a I would have had a more negative answer for this, and that's you know last year when he was, he was putting up better stats, I probably would have said no, not quite, because it's just that it he wasn't putting it all together, and I don't think he's putting it all together this year. But I want to be clear with that. But like this year, that it's definitely worse overall stats. The the numbers have taken a little bit, but I mean they're still solid to to very good. He's already over four thousand yards. That's kind of, he can kind of do that in his sleep with, since he showed up with the Vikings. But I mean it's. The little things he's been doing, I think, that we had been asking for for years to 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 be a little more versatile, to be less robotic. I mean, we I don't know how many times I used to compare him to Ron Burgundy reading everything straight off the teleprompter. Like he, he would he would just be kind of the this is exactly what the defense has given me. I'm not going off. And and he has gone out of his comfort zone. I think he's taken more risks. And when you have number 18 to throw to, you can, you can afford to take more risk. And I think that's it's, it's been good. But I'd say he's right around. He's worth that 31 
point I think it's thirty one point four million dollar cap number this year, and I think mm-hmm. it goes up to like thirty six next year. Right, both are right around the fifteen percent of the cap number for the next couple of years. And if he keeps this up, I think he's probably going to be worth it. Because look, the the ideal the the number one thing you can do to have a competitive team in the NFL is have a really good quarterback on a cheap rookie deal. That is that's the formula. Mm-hmm. That's that's a cheat code basically. If you can set up a decent team around a really good quarterback. That, that, uh, that you're still on the first four or five years of his deal, that's great. That's a lot easier said than done. You can't just grow these these uh, quarterbacks in a lab. And the Vikings are well past the point in the draft where they would actually get one of these unless they you know trade the, the, some of the the uh, draft capital that they you know they don't have a lot of to to begin with. So, and, and again, I don't think that Cousins has really suddenly solved all that ails him, but. I mean, and there's still a couple of throws, you know, even in the the Giants game that kind of tend to defy explanation. You know, they they he definitely got away with one with the interception being overruled, and I think that was probably Thielen's best play of the game was uh, that kind of half pass breakup that he had. But I mean, you look at his durability, you look at his growth. I think on and off the field, I I've really enjoyed. Like he just has kind of leaned into who he is. He's that dorky dad, but like he's he's kind of opening. Up, and, you know, the Kirkle change thing. That's. It's as corny and silly as it is. It's endearing yourself to the your teammates, and it just seemed like he didn't do that as much the last few years. So, again, I don't mm-hmm. think that he's like a, a fifty million dollar quarterback. But in again, in a league that keeps on, it, you know, basically the, the the highest paid quarterback is the one that got paid the most recently. And like I think right now, I think he's probably what I right at the end of the top 10, I believe in, in quarterback cap numbers. And I think he's yeah. right around there in, overall. So like, again, it's, it's not a steal, <laughs> you know, 30 plus million dollars for Kirk cousins, but I think he's definitely uh, lived up to it, especially more this year overall. Certainly his play is elevating while his contract is, his cap number is declining. And, you know, Richard's in the comments saying, yes, Cliff is saying, yes, Kirk's got the third highest cap number. For 2022, I don't know if you can quite call him the third best quarterback in the league right What's now. That high now, okay. now, now, next year that 36 million. There are a lot of quarterbacks coming online who are set to make more than him. He's dropping down to the six seven range. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence still hasn't gotten paid. Joe Burrow still hasn't gotten paid. So he's kind of set to continue to decline in the salary rankings, but. You know, Kirk likes to those short contracts. So he, are we looking at another Kirk Con, Kirk Cousins Rhea? Because he's that, a top. That, he's playing like a top ten quarterback. Right, that's, and that's, and that's what I'm looking yeah, for. Because after the 2023 season, I mean, he be at the end of the 2023 season it'll have to be a restructure or they'll have to move on and it's it's going to be a very interesting question. If you would asked me before the year, just with how his career both in Minnesota and Washington had gone, I'd be like, probably not worth it because it is going to take that extra step up. But he's definitely made it uh, a consideration. And if he can make a run in the postseason, I think that's really going to help his cause. But that's, uh, you know, putting the cart before the horse. But so far, so good. I, I, again, I, it's not a bargain, but I, it could you could definitely do worse with some of these quarterbacks around the league. Definitely could be worse with a from Matt Ryan to Derek Carr. It could be worse than Kirk Yep, Cousins. exactly. All right, my first question for you if Cam Dantzler is back to 100%, should he start over Duke Shelley? So I'm still going with Dantzler here. You know, I do like really? what Shelley has done. Yeah. I'm always nervous, always nervous about the matchups, Eric, like we say week in, week out. And I'm not sure that Duke Shelley has really 
has elevated his gameplay against the top receivers in the league. I think most of his play, I mean, he's been a consistent since he got to Minnesota, but really come online these last two weeks where the Vikings are playing less of that shell zone coverage and against some not so great offenses. So I think I'm optimistic that Dancer back healthy. He was playing before Donatello made those scheme changes. Dantzler in this new scheme that is playing less zone, more man, closer to the line of scrimmage using that length. I think that'll also benefit Cameron Dantzler the way it's benefited Duke Shelley. And so don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not trying to take Duke Shelley off the field. Maybe he can slide in and do some slot corner work to maybe take Chandon Sullivan off the field. But Peterson and Dantzler should be our top two cornerbacks going into the postseason here. Okay. Well, speaking of Good Peterson, morning. it's so, it, I mean, so if you look at the injury report today, mm-hmm. I, I asked this question to you mm-hmm. last night and the injury report. Now it seems like Dantzler should be a full go because he was, um, you know, close to ready the last couple of weeks. And he was listed as, I believe, full yesterday. Now he just has the dash next to his name. So that means he's should mm-hmm. be good to go for this week. So it's it, right. at or close to 100%. But from Patrick Peterson's comments today, it sounded like he was he had still had some high praise for Duke Shelley. And he's, he's seen, at least Peterson made it sound like he expected to see Shelley playing a lot. But anyways, yeah. just some yeah. stats for you. They get, the sample sizes are different. Dantzler is still a product. I still like him overall. He has had his, you know, he's had his injuries and he had his, uh, when in the previous regime had his snaps, you know, jerked all over the place. But I think, so here are some numbers so far. Dantzler has 498 snaps on defense this year. He's allowing 79.2% of his targets for 125.7 quarterback rating. He has four pass breakups on 48 targets. Shelley is a much smaller sample size so far. It's 182 snaps, so about a third of the sample size. Uh, only allowing 56.3% completion on his targets, 77.6 quarterback rating, and he already has, uh, I believe, seven pass breakups on 32 targets. So, I mean, yeah, the numbers are much better for Shelley. I think if Shelley does get the start and plays you know, the majority, or if not all, like he has the last couple of weeks, snaps, this Packers team is going to be a very good test for that because Christian Watson sides and speed and Dobbs on the other side, that's going to be really tough no matter who he uh, lines up against most. If, if Shelly acquits himself well and, and plays well, like I'll, I'm okay with it. Like it, it's a, it's an okay problem to have, to have Dantzler back and to have him in the rotation if needed. But if it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm kind of in the, in the hot hand thing. If, if Shelly proves himself this week and uh, acquits himself well enough to, to keep Dantzler on the bench, I'm okay with it because Dantzler's had a streaky season, I could say at best. He's, he's definitely had his moments, but Dantzler, he's also hot, had his struggles. Hot hand does not apply to cornerback for me. They are clearly, you know, our top three corners right now, Peterson, Dantzler, Shelly. We all feel comfortable mm-hmm. about that. If the Packers want to load up and go two tight end sets and we're having to choose between Duke Shelley and Cam Dantzler, sure, maybe that maybe we have to consider which one to take off the field. Probably would be a 50-50 split in that scenario, but I don't see that happening. I see the need for three cornerbacks on the field, especially when we go up by three scores against Green Bay. And so Get them all out there. What I don't want to see again is Chandler Sullivan out there instead of Duke Shelley. Yeah, and and Shelley said though, and like basically the Bears kind of used him out of position by putting him in the slot more. And so I would much mm-hmm. rather have Shelley outside 
And yeah, Sullivan has been uh, a weak point. I Move Dantzler in the slot. I don't care. Yeah, try to. Okay. So <laughs> what's your next question for me? This is another contract one. I get it. Justin Jefferson's next contract. Give me the numbers on it. How much is it going to be worth? I mean, it's going to be huge. Like, I think the negotiations start at $30 million a year, which is absolutely bonkers to think for a a wide receiver. But it is a premium position as so many people – like, that's the current highest average, I think. Tyreek Hill has 30, and I think Devontae Adams is a 28 a year or something like that. Just the average per year on their contract. Again, you can – with cap hits and everything, but I think it's gonna go. It's gonna go north of that. And, but in all honesty, with what he has done the first three years of his career, and he uh, like it's it's. You, I mean, I'll take anything under forty. I think I really would. Like I, I think it sounds crazy, but how contracts, like we said with the uh, with quarterbacks, it it it's just how contracts constantly are leaping each other. Jefferson has proved that he is one of the most valuable players. I mean, he's in literally in the MVP conversation. I don't think he's going to win because it's quarterback award. But if he can stay healthy and even close to this kind of production that he has done in in unprecedented production over his first three years, it's 100% worth it. And of course, that makes it really tough, you know, for the future of Kirk Cousins and a lot of other players that big name players that might be uh, due for money. And that makes it cloudy, especially after 2023, because the extension would kick in after that. But if the Vikings don't keep JJ, we riot. Like he's, I'm sorry. He's, he's, he is the offense right now. Pay, pay the man back up eight Brinks trucks. It's fine. I think it's going to be somewhere in the upper thirties and I still think it's a deal. Yeah. And you know, I kind of changed my answer. You were so convincing there, Eric. I just, I can't imagine a different wide receiver saying, I'm better than Justin Jefferson, so I'm going to wait until he gets paid and then ask for more than him. It, right. it needs to be a deal where the next next three or four receivers are not beating that deal. And it could be 40. So, I mean, five years, 200 million? Ooh, I mean... <laughs> Sign me up. I'm in. I don't care. Sign me yep. up. It's, it's Sign ridiculous. Me up. I care more about length of the contract than I do the dollars. I just know the dollars are going to be high. Don't know how they're going to pay for it because they have zero cap space, but whatever JJ thinks is fair. Figure that, it out. Yeah, and I really do. I, in the comments. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think I, I agree with you. I really do think he's going to set the market like, and for maybe a season yeah. or two. That's, hey, good. Here, I mean, if if Chris Carter is already calling you the best Vikings receiver in uh, in the franchise history, you pay the man. All right, my second question for you: Should Brian Asamoah get even more snaps in the playoffs? We go from everybody's favorite Viking to my favorite Viking, Brian Asamoah. He's just been such a a needed boost of athleticism in the past game. Mm -hmm. Great on passing downs. Now, I think he has struggled stopping the run a little bit but regardless it's just great to have a reliable linebacker when Jordan Hicks or Eric Kendricks come off the field he's making plays you know he's also very versatile they've laid him up all over the place on the line of scrimmage at edge rusher out outside linebacker Um, but I do think his snaps ultimately it's going to be about personnel and situation so Kendricks and Hicks, if they can earn their rest, get stops on early downs, trot Brian Asamoah out there on second and long, third and long, and let's roll. I mean, 
again, I love everything I've seen, but he only has six tackles this year, I think. Um, still undersized, but the instinct and athleticism is there. I just don't want to see him. Um, I want to see the situational stud that he is rather than just saying, okay, he's our new linebacker. Fair enough. And I think yeah. just the bigger concern for our defense, of course, I, I'm on your boat. I've been a huge Asimov fan. I like that he's getting his, his role ramped up. And there were several times being in the stadium in that Giants game, seeing uh, Hicks trail whoever was caught the ball and yeah. you know chase after him for 10 or 12 yards. I thought to myself, and I tweeted it at least a couple times during the game, uh, that I think I bet Asamoah would have made a better play on that ball. And, and even right. when he is right. out of position, like the the when he is a step late in the coverage or if he wasn't reading it right, he showed that he can be an absolute just ball of mayhem. Because, I mean, yeah. anytime he gets close to the ball, he's making a play, it seems like. I mean, that peanut punch that he had, recovering his own fumble Amazing. and bringing it back, that was a gigantic play. And the more he plays, mm-hmm. the more he stands out on, on film and just when you're watching the game live. And you're, you're totally right on the, on the run defense. That's why you have the Delvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips in the middle. I'm much less concerned about his what he takes off the plate uh, uh, if, as far as run defense is what he adds in that pass defense because that is when the middle of the field. I mean, we've said it for months now that that is the absolute weak point of this defense, and I think he's a huge help to that. So I hope we yeah. see a lot more of him in the postseason. I'm with you. It, I don't, you know, I'm not going to blindly say, "Hey, give all of Hicks's snaps." to Asamoah, have him play, have him be an every down guy because there's, you know, he's still got a lot to learn. He's still a rookie, but get him in those, get in those situations. And yes, like the, have the Vikings defense. Let's, let's uh, get him in second, third and long. Cause that's where I think he can really thrive. Definitely. We're on the same page there. Let's go to the last two questions, Eric. Will green Bay or will Minnesota beat green Bay twice this year or is it next year? How to? I don't understand how the end of years work. Just answer. The we'll question. call it this season. This this the twenty twenty two twenty three season. Yes, I, I I get what you're saying. There still is a little bit of a caveat here because you can say they could beat them twice and once it's in the playoffs. But I I, I get what you're getting at here. So I have gone back and forth so many times this week because of course like the Packers are favored. They're favored by three and a half points, mm-hmm. and you know. You, it's a seven and eight team against a 12 and three team. And you know, like it's, but at first glance, that, that shouldn't be happening, but we know what happened the last two times. The, the Vikings were suspiciously underdogs. They got the doors blown off of them by Dallas at home and they couldn't, they stopped uh, the Detroit lions from going up and down, up and down the field for 60 minutes in Detroit. So, I, I get it. Like, and this is a kitchen sink game for the Packers. They are playing for their lives. The Vikings very well could see, you know, like, I mean, they're if to hold on to that number two seed, they're going to have to win out, I think, because the 49ers basically got gifted two buys. They're playing Jarrett Stidham and whoever is going to start in the last game for Arizona, their last two games. I mean, mm-hmm. I Brock Purdy could have four interceptions a game, and I think I still think the San Francisco defense is going to take care of those two quarterbacks. So the Vikings, if they want to keep winning, and it's not just that. It's not keeping the number two seed. It's not just keeping it rolling. This is an opportunity I don't want to be too grandiose here. You can end an era in Green Bay this this <laughs> oh, Sunday. You really can. Like there is a chance that you can end the Aaron Rodgers Packers. You can end the three plus decades of terror that Minnesota has had to live under between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. You can really do it. This is an opportunity. Again, and and there's opportunity to shut up a couple people that um, might be um, you know. Again, 
I get it. The Vikings have been, they are not your traditional 12 and three team. All of us know that the statistics do not back up the 12 and three record. But if I had to, if I have to hear the F word uh, fraud one more time coming out of the, uh, a seven and eight teams bloggers mouth. I am going to absolutely lose it. So this is a chance to shut everyone up, including Aaron Rodgers, including all these Packers fans that just, again, no one's taking away the division title. No one's taking away the home game. And even if the Packers do win, you're splitting the series. Congratulations. Way to go. That's what you're supposed to do in the division, but this is a real opportunity. So I hope they seize it. And if they, even if they lose, I don't think there's going to be a chance to play them in the in the playoffs because, like I said, I think they're going to be the second seed, the third seed, and the Packers mm-hmm. will be the seventh, and then they'll get blown up by San Francisco like they always do in the playoffs. But let's finish them off now. So I will say yes. I don't feel extremely confident I about it, it, but yes, I love yes, it. I, I, let's put them away. What do you think? Let's go to the last question. Okay. All right. Well, you're not. You're not like. Would you think they're going to? Well, okay. We, 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 can we save got it for two the minutes left. That's true. That's true. I was. I was. I was a little passionate about that answer. If you can't tell. All right. My last question for you is: The Vikings are. They are eleven and zero in one score games this season. Will they finish the season? This is including the postseason, undefeated in one score games. Oh, we're in, we're including the postseason. How the mm-hmm. how the hell am I supposed? supposed to know that simple Eric. question yes or no yes or no how the, how the hell am i supposed to know that regular season you know i actually i fully agree with you regular season uh, the sh- the short answer is there should not be another one score game in the vikings regular season so yes it's 11 and 0 not 12 and 0 not not 11 and 1 11 and 0 we're done with one score games in my opinion for the regular season playoffs. If, if we do what we're, th- we think we're going to do, we're going to be the two seed. We're going to be Detroit. You're, you're basically saying we're going to beat Detroit or Washington and then get blown out in the, in the divisional. I don't like that either. I, I don't I'm like that either. you I, I say that's that's a question. That's I, I'm just saying like they're 11. And 0, it, it's 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 ridiculous how so they've no, done it so far are, this year. There but, are more one score games to come, so buckle in. Let's go. But it won't be this game because this game we're gonna earn rest for our starters. I hope you are right because my uh, heart could take the take a break. 11, 11 one score games is plenty. Let's just let's let's put a blowout again. They did it once. Their only wow. non-one-score win is against the Packers. Let's do it again. A stumper, a stumper of the last question, Eric. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while before you got me like that. Yeah, it, we can go. Okay, okay. Again, I went back and forth. I really did. And I originally, when I was going through my picks that I put online, I had the Packers just because of the the history of the underdog stuff and the fact they have. Just I I got thirty to twenty one Vikings. I think the Vikings offense keeps rolling. This uh, that Jair Alexander is going to uh, regret his uh, comments in the media, and uh, JJ and and company are going to put it together and put him away. What do you got? See now I got to read what Jair Alexander is saying, which I never thought I'd have to pay attention to that guy, but apparently. He called, he, called, he, called week one a fl- he called week one a fluke, Justin Jefferson's performance a fluke, because, you know, he hasn't done it the rest of the season or anything. <laughs> yeah, week one is a fluke. Great. Yeah. Great. Jair, J- 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 anyways. J- J- 
Jair. Yes. It, I, I, we're going to know very early on, like we typically do with the Vikings. I, this is a game where you're on the road. You've got to get that first drive right. We've seen Kevin O'Connell scripted early in the season go down the field, get that 7 nothing score on the board. And then if the defense can can shape up and and you know they're healthy now, I see an early lead. I see a 14 to 17 nothing lead in this game, maybe 14-7, 17-7. And then the Packers run defense is their weakness. Yep. Just attack that. Dalvin Cook, Alex Madison both involved. Secure that early lead. Go up three scores. Make the statement win. End the Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And rest the starters in the fourth quarter. That's what I see happening. Final score, I'm going to say 28 to 20. Love it. All right. I, okay. Thank you so much. Is that a one score game? 28 to 17. There you go. I was going to say, you're going to, okay. I'll, I'll take a win. I'll, I'll take another heart attack if it means ending the Packers season. That's for sure. But yes, it would be nice to do it comfortably again, just like week one. Nice, nice bookends to the season there. Well, thank you everyone. Uh, this was uh, an outstanding, uh, this would be an, an amazing game on Sunday afternoon. So Dave, tell us what you got, what we got next for this week. What we have next is two old bloggers on Saturday at 4 o'clock Central, our normal time. Darren and I are going to be talking about our normal three themes. First one is we're discussing the Vikings rookies and how they've done, especially in the second half of this season. Are they going to be getting more playing time? Brian Asamo is one of those. Our second theme, we're going to be talking about the Duke of Shelley. How the nice little man... He's uh, <laughs> reportedly five foot nine, but uh, Doogie Wolfson disagrees with that. Says that's a stretch. On uh, a good day, he's five nine. Yeah, yeah. slow down with the Duke Shelley hype. You don't get points for shutting down Michael Pittman. <laughs> uh, but he's going to. Uh, we're going to talk about him and how well he has done. I do like what he's done so far. That is nice to see. And of course, we're getting into the Vikings at Packers. Game preview where we break mm-hmm. both the teams down and see how we can beat them. And a flip was right on, right up the middle. Get that running game going, and uh, they're weak in the middle. Go that way. Mm-hmm. Get the guys up there. <laughs> That's all we got. And mm-hmm. uh, Skull Vice, let's let's end an era like Eric said. Just want to take you all back to that moment in the show because. It's been all downhill from there. He stumped me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the era and uh, make them start playing back in Milwaukee again. There we go. I love that. Yeah. Is music to my ears. Thank you, everyone, in the comments. Uh, some excellent uh, commentary during the show. Skull Vikes. Skull. Skull Vikes. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.